Well, welcome everybody to another Soap Notes. Uh, like I am so pleased and honored really to have Monique Reese with us. She is a Senior Vice President for Highmark Health. Uh, welcome, Monique. Where are you joining us from? Hi, Jay. I'm actually joining from uh, downtown Pittsburgh. Great, great. You know, I first learned of Monique and her. She's an incredible innovator and just a value creator, always with the person, the patient in the center. But I first heard of, of you, Monique, when I was researching advanced illness models, and you had developed a fantastic senior advanced illness model that really, I actually copied you <laughs> when I was <laughs> a medical officer at a health plan. But I would love to hear a little bit more about your um, personal journey in healthcare and kind of what motivated you to be uh, in healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I was, I was what I would call a late bloomer um, from a healthcare standpoint. So I actually, um, right out of high school, went into the workforce and worked in um, county government um, until I was 28. I always mm -hmm. had a connection to healthcare. I always wanted to um, work within healthcare and, and really my my focus and my passion was around nursing. Um, mm -hmm. Just didn't have the opportunity right out of high school. And so I actually went um, went to college when I was 28. Um, I was 28. Um, nice. I had four kids at home, mm -hmm. uh, husband, and actually um, knew that was what my purpose and passion was and just had to have the right timing. So when I was 28, I actually went into um, nursing school and was actually through, you know, whether associate, uh, bachelor's, master's, and I finished my mm -hmm. doctorate as a uh, family nurse practitioner with a focus on uh, leadership and integrated delivery systems. And, um, and over a 10 year time period. So actually entered in healthcare after I graduated with my associates um, when I was 30. So I just mentioned that for any of the other late bloomers out there, right? Um, yeah. That you know, if you are connected to a per, uh, you know, a purpose and a passion, that um, you know, there's not a perfect time for that. And um, actually went into healthcare uh, when I was 30 after I graduated out of uh, my associate degree in nursing. So, and and actually worked, um, you know, through the next 10 years as I completed my doctorate in varying roles. Uh, mm -hmm across uh, large um, health systems uh, and provider organizations and payer organizations. Okay. So you were on both the delivery side for many years and on the payer side. Yes. Yeah, so um, different levels of organizations, I would say. Um, I actually started out, um, you know, in my home state of Iowa. Mm -hmm. And so uh, where I was uh, born, raised, where I received my um, education training as a nurse practitioner and uh, was actually with an organization there for uh, almost 15 years and then traveled uh, to uh, the west side of the United States to California and was really um, strategically as a you know nurse prac and a healthcare executive I was actually looking for mm -hmm. um, increased scale of responsibility um, focusing on both urban and rural areas um, and just learning from uh, another organization and leaders. And then I'm in Pittsburgh now with uh, Highmark Health and so super excited to be, you know, part of the innovation um, and the work that we're doing here at Highmark Health. 
Yeah, you have a great opportunity when you're in an integrated system. And we'll talk a little more about that, but you know, that sweet spot of kind of understanding the payer side and the provider side, you definitely have that, um, that skill set. When you were growing up, Monique, was there like senior care is just really important to NAVA Health? I mean, it's our mission. But I'm just wondering if was there any senior in your life, a grandparent or somebody that you have a, a fond memory of? You know, um, I think when I think about a senior in my life as I was growing up, mm -hmm. um, I don't, you know, I, I think of probably my dad, um, though uh, I'm his age now when I think about his age <laughs> yeah. as a child. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not a senior, but yeah. um, I would just say it. <laughs> yeah, I would just say um, I only mention that because um you know, both growing up, but I would even say as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, and the the work I've done over the years as a nurse practitioner, um, the individuals I've seen throughout my career, uh, both as I, I've cared for them or been part yeah. of a care team, mm -hmm. um, you know, lots of very impactful, you know, relationships with um, individuals as they age. But I would say the most impactful is probably my uh, father. And the reason I say that is because uh, not only did I learn, you know, from him growing up around core values, mm -hmm. um, around uh, trust, loyalty, um, caring for others, the golden rule of care yeah. for others as you would want them to care for you. Um, I learned a lot of that from my father. And then I would say as he aged and um, ended up passing away, you know, a lot of good advice around um, slow down, uh, take care of yourself, yeah. um, take care of others. And, um, you know, as I reflect back on that, you know, how that is meaningful in any part of your life. And so, and how it actually also helps you, you know, as a clinician, mm -hmm. um, and I would say as a, as a leader too. So, um, you know, good advice. Um, I think for my father, I think one other thing I would add that, you know, when you are in a community or an area over time, mm -hmm. you develop relationships. And so uh, my father actually passed away in Iowa. And um, at the time I was actually in California and the teams that I stood up in advanced care um, yeah. in hospice actually ended up being the teams that cared for my father at the end of life. And so I thought, what a, you know, small world. Mm -hmm. um, and so some of those same programs that I actually set up were the ones that cared for him. And so, and, that, and I think for all of us, that's why we're, we're in this work in regards to transforming healthcare um, and why we're so passionate about, you know, the work we do and how it can make a difference for individuals and communities and, um, and for our, our own family, our parents, our loved ones, our friends. Yeah. Well, I would I would say that that's that's a really inspiring story, Monique. That what you did to improve care actually helped your family member. Um, and what we do when we focus on the triple aim is that's what we want to do. We want better care for our community and our loved ones, and you know the people that we serve. I'd like to just go into you know that COVID. Um, was unprecedented. What a year, right? We've dealt with yeah. it. And you 
and Highmark Health being an integrated delivery system, what was it that you um, saw when you initially had to deal with the impact of COVID? And then what have you taken forward now and have said, gosh, I can see how this is gonna stay with us in, um, in, at Highmark Health? Yeah, you know, I think when we look at um, the impact on of COVID on the home and community, mm -hmm. uh, you know, space, some of the first things uh, in my role that I began to think about is number number one, how can we leverage the workforce um, in the home and the community and mm -hmm. partner with those organizations to uh, reach the most amount of individuals to keep those individuals in the community safe, yeah. to keep them in their home environments, to keep them infection free. Um, you know, as we go through that first part uh, uh, of the pandemic. And, the, and then now what I would say is, you know, as we've moved through that, actually, you know, focusing in regards to how can we, you know, support, you know, uh, those individuals being vaccinated uh, uh, and, and again, continue to keep them infection free. So one of the first things was, how can we work with our community partners? Um, and how can we work with those individuals in those organizations to keep, you know, uh, individuals safe and free from infection? Yeah, and we and also, all right, yeah, yeah Monique, okay. I mean, I think safety was just so paramount because of the fear, right? And yeah. that people didn't want to go to the doctor, but didn't you and Highmark really accelerate some of your telehealth initiatives? I mean, wasn't that one of the responses? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So first would be, you know, safety. I think uh, safety and infection free. I think there's a, a the second piece, you know, we really focused on was around education and yeah. making sure individuals had um, reliable, um, accurate information and education uh, around um, COVID-19. And then, you know, I think, I think the third thing was, you know, how you could scale and how you could scale um, rapidly in regards to access. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Highmark Health, um, and, I, and I'll use one of our locations specifically, we have an owned provider organization, Allegheny Health Network. Yeah. Um, and we, in that organization, we went from less than 1% of visits being telehealth mm -hmm. um, pre-COVID to nearly 25% uh, between March and May of 2020. Wow. And so yeah. very rapidly accelerated from less than 1% to 25%, you know, in a couple month period. And, um, and I think that's important because, you know, virtual care uh, is a very important piece of our strategy from a Highmark Health standpoint. Um, and that was even before the pandemic. And yeah. we knew we needed to shift to a model of care to meet individuals' needs. Um, mm -hmm. And that virtual can create that capability. So an important piece of our strategy. Um, we actually accelerated and fast-tracked um, that strategy across, you know, our, our entire, um, you know, network um, and organization. And I would say both from a um, clinic standpoint, from a hospital standpoint, from a home-based standpoint. Yeah. How, how has the response been from patients? Um, are they accepting? Can they deal with the technology? How is this was all the stuff that was brought up before the pandemic, 
all these barriers, there were provider barriers. There were like providers who were convinced this was not going to be like the future of medicine, that it was not the right way to care. But how, how is that now different because of the pandemic? You know, I think, you know, adoption of uh, virtual care and the use of telehealth has been um, extremely, it received extremely positive mm-hmm. um, in the community. And I would also say it, it's not necessarily age dependent. So um, whether, you know, it's a, a young individual or someone, you know, who is aging, um, it's been received very positive. There's been uh, high utilization. I think the other pieces that complements um, it complements that in-person um, yeah. visits, and it's a and it's a way that we can you know continually stay connected. And during the pandemic, you know, a, a way that we can keep individuals safe also. Um, and and when I say that safe, not just from infection, but safe in regards to um, ensuring that. Uh, their needs are met and that they receive appropriate access, appropriate care um, yeah. at the time that that's needed and that it's not delayed or, um, or, or not received at all. So I would say, you know, the communities received uh, telehealth and virtual visits uh, in a very positive way. Yeah, we've, we've kind of um, gotten over that barrier of, well, seniors don't handle technology. <laughs> seniors can't, you know, use a smartphone and I'll tell you this, like uh, it, it happens all the time right now in our house where like my dad and my mom want to FaceTime with me and my kids all the time. So I think that myth has kind of uh, been dispelled a little bit that seniors don't use technology well. Is there other technologies that you're implementing to like, how about in the space of remote, po- remote patient monitoring? Is that something that you're exploring? Yeah, absolutely. So um, both remote patient monitoring and uh, virtual visits are components of our strategy in ways that we increase access, um, you know, for uh, individuals uh, in the organization. I would also say we use lots of different technology um, also around how we're coordinating care um, Mm -hmm. and how we're able to um, connect um, from a coordination standpoint, which I know, Jay, you know, is extremely important in regards to um, creating a remarkable experience in regards to preventing unnecessary hospitalizations, um, ED visits, mm-hmm. um, especially in the high risk and aging population, um, yeah. when we think of transitions in care and so forth. So technology um, in regards to coordinating care is, you know, um, also one of the uh, things that we actually leverage. And then finally, I would say, you know, really the technology we use around risk strat ID. So, you know, we did a lot of work uh, as uh, COVID-19 infection rates were increasing. Mm -hmm. And we did a lot of work around risk strat and ID for high risk populations that would um, be at risk should they be infected. Okay. And um, and I and I mentioned that because what that did was create a capability for us to proactively outreach mm-hmm. to that population, and um, number one, you know, provide appropriate information and education. Um, number two, ensure do they have the resources um, and any needs that we could help with. 
Um, yeah. And so we, you know, we use technology for virtual visits. We use remote patient monitoring. We use it from a care coordination standpoint, a transition of care standpoint. And, mm -hmm. you know, another example is for risk strat ID and, and identifying the populations that were at high risk. You know, I have to tell you, that is such a great example of the, the central tenant of, you know, kind of delivering population health value-based care was that you care about the patient outside of that visit when you're interacting with the patient. You know, I remember when I was standing up programs like this, Monique, where doctors were really great when they were face-to-face -face with the patient, but it was hard to get them to think about the patient when they're at their home, when they're, you know, in the community. And your targeting, right, really is a great example of, hey, we, we're concerned about you. We know you're not here in the office, but we're going to outreach to you and proactively care for you, make sure that you're getting vaccinated if you're in one of those high-risk groups, right? So yeah, absolutely. Tenant. Tell me a little bit more about the home and community-based services, because one of the things that we're really exploring is how can we move more care into the home? Are there things other than what we just talked about that you're doing for care in the home? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I would say, you know, as we look at even the last two years um, and we look at home-based solutions mm -hmm. and, and we'll add that to, you know, the, our discussion that we just had around virtual care and or use That's of right. technology, mm -hmm. there is rapid growth, both from a technological standpoint and a home-based standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so, so what a great time to be a leader, you know, in the home and community setting. Um, but I would also say, you know, a great opportunity uh, for us to combine both virtual and home-based solutions to create the ability for individuals um, to receive care anywhere. Yeah. Um, and that could be virtually, that could be in person, or that could be in your home. Mm -hmm. And part of our responsibility and accountability, I would say as, um, you know, both from a Highmark Health standpoint, but as clinicians, um, yeah. is how do we enable that? So mm -hmm. from a Highmark Health standpoint, we actually have uh, a uh, overall uh, 2025 strategy, very focused on home um, and community care. And mm -hmm. it's really focused around how we enable health and healing in the home environment and how we develop solutions for individuals and organizations. And so as we think about that, we actually leverage multiple ways to do that. We do that through um, standing up and having a high-performing network Mm -hmm. and how we actually drive the financing of home-based solutions. So that would be how you set up home-based organizations in a network, how you actually end up paying that network. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that finances innovation, and that can help finance uh, new innovative home-based models. Um, so that's one piece I think that we have mm -hmm. the ability to do is through what I would call the financing um, arm of healthcare. And, you know, uh, in the methodology, you do that so that you both have a great quality outcome, you have good experience, and it's affordable. Yeah. And then I would say, you know, a, a couple other areas that we're focused on um, is also around 
how we create out solutions that are home-based. And so um, I'll use a couple examples. We knew we wanted to stand up in the pandemic fast track this. So it was part of our strategic roadmap. We had already stood this up. We were just starting um, to move and that was a hospital at home models. And so, um, I, yeah, yeah, as you know, um, we had capacity issues um, over the last years in um, hospitals across the United States um, and access um, issues. And so we actually stood up um, in the end of 2019, um, hospital at home model uh, in our Allegheny Health Network. We started that as a pilot in kind of an innovation area and um, ended up scaling, you know, that across three hospitals in Western PA. Um, and again, a, an example of a home-based model that actually creates the ability for an individual to have options on where they would receive that acute level care. That acute level care could be received within the walls of the hospital or that acute level care could be received within the walls of your home. And so um, one example of uh, a home-based model that we've, uh, we've implemented in the last year and was fast-tracked based on you know, the current pandemic, we also implemented um, what we call uh, Home Recovery Care Plus um, mm-hmm. which is a uh, sniff at home model. Nice. And Lovely. that actually gives, yeah, that actually gives the ability mm-hmm. um, for individuals to have a choice on where they received um, skilled and or rehab level of mm-hmm. care and whether that's in a skilled nursing facility or whether that's actually in their home environment. So a couple examples um, you know, of some innovative home-based models that mm-hmm. actually leverage technology to, to help deliver them. You know, I think you're you're uh, pointing out just the sweet spot that you're in and in your area, which is home and community-based care at Highmark Health. And I think I did read just recently that you're you've uh, rebranded this area. Um, could you make a comment on that? Because I I think if I'm pronouncing right, it's Helion. Um, yeah, yeah. So absolutely. So. Um, it's going good. We're very excited. Yeah. Um, so we have um, we have several companies within um, home and community care, uh, and one of those companies is uh, Helion. Nice. And um, it we just rebranded. Um, we were we're very excited uh, about that. Um, when we look at um, Helion from a company standpoint, that's really our company um, that manages our high performing network, um, okay. and they partner. Um, with number one, developing out a high performing network, and then actually partner really closely with our um, home health um, and skilled nursing facilities within the network. Um, And partnering with them in regards to quality and bringing data um, Mm -hmm. and insights um, to those organizations uh, around quality um, experience, and then also uh, how we actually finance uh, through the high performing network. And so um, we're very excited um, about the rebranding piece of this. We also have some technological capabilities Mm -hmm. um, within Helion um, that uh, gives us the ability to uh, leverage data and insights to begin to uh, proactively identify um, individuals uh, that are appropriate for things like advanced illness uh, models or palliative care. Mm-hmm. so that we can begin to proactively identify and connect 
mm -hmm. um, individuals uh, that would benefit from those type of community-based services. Um, so those are a couple examples. I mean, there's lots of other capabilities yeah. within the company from a payer standpoint oh, yeah. um, around how we can automate uh, UM. So we have some capabilities within the organization uh, to, and the reason that's important from a care standpoint yeah. um, is around automating the prior auth process. Mm -hmm. um, and what that actually means is it decreases the administrative burden and it also means timely access to care. Um, yeah. So uh, from approval and so forth. So those are a couple things from a Helion standpoint, um, you know, that we're bringing out into the market. We're very excited um, in the organizations, you know, um, very excited about the rebranding piece. Well, it, it just shows, I mean, I think it demonstrates your commitment to home and community-based services, as well as your commitment to innovation and bringing, like creating more value for, your members and patients, right? I mean, that, that I, I thought that was just fascinating that um, you branded it that way and that you bring a, a, a renewed commitment, right? Um, is there anything that you would say, Monique, you know, just kind of in closing that things that the lessons learned from this pandemic and what you think like in the crystal ball, this isn't going back. You know, like a lot of people do talk about virtual care and telehealth is, listen, we've got adoption now, we're just going to keep building it. Um, is, there, is there other things that you think that we've learned that we know this is going to help move us forward? You know, um, I think we, I think we've learned a lot. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the, I think one of the most important things is uh, focusing on the individual and the person and um, and how we actually take care of that individual, whether I'm gonna say again, whether that's you know telephonic, virtual or in person. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I think the capabilities that we've developed uh, within Highmark Health, and I would, I would even say you know, across uh, the healthcare organization around virtual care yeah. um, and how we could scale are, are likely uh, here to stay. Um, I think that aligns with individuals' preferences also um, from a consumerism standpoint and having the ability to have care anywhere, yeah. um, much like work from anywhere um, yeah. in remote work. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would say, you know, the use of technology, the use of um, virtual uh, visits uh, is likely here to stay. Yeah. Um, it may not be exactly the same, but it's definitely not going back to 1%. Um, or uh, back to, you know, where it was prior pandemic. Um, so I think, you know, that's one piece. I would say the second, you know, piece around this is going to be, you know, that this has absolutely fast-tracked solutions yeah. that are home-based. Mm -hmm. And that we will continue to see uh, those solutions being developed um, and uh, at a rapid pace. And mm -hmm. we'll continue to see um, organizations uh, looking for those capabilities, whether that's through creating them themselves, through partnering or, or through buying those. So um, I think between virtual and home-based solutions, I think they're here to stay. Um, and, I, and I think the pandemic fast-tracked that and we'll continue to see those grow. Yeah, and I'll just say that it's, uh, you know, even though the pandemic was such an um, unprecedented event, 
learning all of this and being able to better understand the needs of people and then meeting those needs like you're describing. I mean, I really appreciate how patient-centered you and your organization are because it's really centered around that person's needs and meeting them, which is really what we're, and, and your story at the beginning talking about how all these care improvements helped your um, parents. Yeah. Um, this, is, this is what we, um, we do all this work for. So thank you, Monique, for um, coming on Soap Notes. We really appreciate everything that, uh, that you're doing. And uh, so it's so great. We were just honored to have you. Uh, and thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Jay. Yep.